Mia Claire, la jeune fille est la première skieuse à porter les couleurs de Madagascar pour, le, pour les JO d'hiver. My little Anna Clerk, another 16-year-old. She is skiing for Madagascar. Not something you see every day. Welcome to season two of Flame Bears, the woman athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. I'm your host, Jamie. In this episode, we speak with Olympic alpine skier, Mia Clerk of Madagascar. We hear about her journey from her adoption to her meteoric rise to skiing stardom, all while becoming the only female to have ever competed for Madagascar in the Winter Olympics. Now she's poised to represent Madagascar again in Beijing. So my name is Mia Litiana Claire. I'm 20 years old. I'm an alpine skier from Madagascar. I live in France since I'm one years old. And now I'm trying to go to the Olympics in Beijing 2022. Mia was born in Madagascar, an island country in the Indian Ocean, not far from the coast of East Africa. This is a place known primarily for its unique wildlife like lemurs and its beautiful tropical climate. Not at all for snow or skiing. This is Africa, and here's Madagascar. Now let's go, shall we? One of the largest islands in the world, Madagascar, is also one of the most unique. Though next door to mainland Africa, its people have significant amounts of Austronesian DNA from Southeast Asia, and their language of Malagasy also originates from that region, most closely related to Manyan, spoken in parts of Borneo. When and why exactly Malay peoples ended up in East Africa is not known for certain. On top of that, as a former French colony, French is an official language, mostly spoken by the government government and educated officials, although only about a quarter of the population are fluent. Still, you see French signs everywhere. A lot of Malagasy people I've talked to have said France would probably be their best friend. So I've been adopted when I was one year by French people. I live in France since I've been adopted. I started skiing when I was three. I started to race when I was eight years old. When I started skiing, I didn't like alpine skiing, the snow, because it was really cold and yeah, it was um, a different world for me. Finally, when I started racing, it was more interesting. Like I started to be really interested by the ski, about the landscapes. And I started to like training with my friends, with uh, my new coaches. And yeah, I just wanted to know more about this world. And now I'm doing World Cups and the Olympics, the World Championships. So I'm happy now. <laughs> this happiness is in part due to her wonderful adoptive parents who welcomed her into the family when she was just one. Given that her adoptive parents are French, I asked her dad, why they decided to adopt a child from Madagascar. Madagascar is a country I have been to about 15 times, and they had been five or six times before adopting Mia. So when we decided we wanted to adopt from somewhere, Madagascar seemed like a great fit. While Mia knows her biological mother, it was her adoptive family who taught her to speak French and how to ski, which made everything else downhill from there. 
Yeah, I don't know my father, my biological father, but I know my mother. And when we were younger, my sister and I, we were always going um, to Madagascar for the Christmas holidays. We were always going to my orphanage and to my families to see them, to talk with them. But they are not really speaking French really well, so it was hard to communicate. But it was really good for me to see them because I don't really know them. I know that they are from my family, but we are not really close. And my French parents teach me how to ski, but they're not really professional skiers. And <laughs> but they really like the mountains and doing a lot of sports every day. So. That's how I started to be an athlete and to learn about all the different sports. Did your dad teach you how to ski? He teached me how to take the T-bar or the chairlift and how to stop, but that's it. I don't know if it was when I first started skiing or, or if it was later, but I remember that I was really scared not really enjoying the moment and I really wanted to go back home. I was in a really bad position when I was going down the slopes, like I was going really straight and I was really dangerous, I think. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my father was really laughing about me. Here's her dad sharing his take on their first time skiing together. The first time I skied with Mia, she went completely straight and didn't make any turns at all. She kept falling and getting up. Every time she fell down, she got back up and kept going straight. She never once cried. Someone else important in Mia's life is her good friend and former ski buddy, Elodie. Because as fans and supporters, we only see a certain side of athletes, I asked Elodie, what's something people can't see from the coverage about Mia that we should know? Another point that we don't know about Mia, or at least maybe not enough, is that she always wants to help others, whether it's her family or friends, everyone in fact. She is really, she radiates. I don't know if you will get what I mean, but she's a kind of person that will give a lot, who is so positive and who gives only positive. If someone feels bad, she will do everything to try to cheer up that person. During competitions, she is always in a good mood, and I think this is a point that people may not know enough about Mia. She is really energetic, sparkling, and she's a great girl. So, since Madagascar doesn't have any snow, how did Mia become the first woman to represent them in the Winter Olympics? Well, since she was born there, she had to make a difficult choice. Mia describes how it all went down. Five years ago, I was still racing for France. I wanted to join a French team, but it was really complicated because they didn't want to let me join this team. So I had to make a choice, either going with this team and racing for France, but I didn't really like the people who were from this team or racing for Madagascar. And then I chose Madagascar. And then one year after, 
My dad told me that I can go to the Olympics and I was like, no, <laughs> it's a joke. And finally <laughs> I was at the Olympics. I, I wasn't really expecting that, but it was a dream for me. I'm really happy and really proud of my country, even if the Malagasy people don't really know about the Alpine skiing world about the snow like if i go to madagascar i don't know if they will recognize me like oh you're the girl from madagascar who went to the olympics and who is racing in alpine skiing but yeah i'm still proud of my country and i really want to represent madagascar on my races on the world cups on yeah every big events in alpine skiing Mia, how do the Malagasy people react or respond to you? They are not really on Instagram. I saw some interviews about me from Madagascar, but I don't know if there is a lot of Malagasy people who are following these channels. And when I'm posting some pictures about my results, about my podiums, they are giving a lot of likes. But when I'm just talking about my trainings, about my life, they're not really interested. And it makes sense why skiing may not be getting the attention of what's considered the fifth poorest country in the world. Let's talk about Madagascar and why people there are starving. In parts of the country, they're eating locusts, leaves, clay, or even bits of shoe leather just to survive. And what's going on in Madagascar is also something new. Madagascar right now is the only place in the world to be affected by famine-like conditions because of climate change. In recent months, global warming has increased the risk of flooding and tropical storms with the atmosphere retaining more water, leading to change in rainfall patterns. Meanwhile, the southern parts of Madagascar are also reeling from the worst drought in over four decades. Mia, what does it mean to be a woman of color skier to you? It means a lot because I'm really inspired by the American girls who are black. I really hope you're not saying that because I'm American. So this is your story, whatever you feel. I mean, there are American girls, but for me, if they are Black, they are an inspiration because they can inspire a lot of girls, even the not the Black girls. And yeah, for me, it's it means a lot and I want to become like them. Yeah, in alpine skiing, it's already a sport who is not really watched by people, by a lot of people. And if people discover that I'm a black woman in alpine skiing, and if I'm doing some results and that I'm not giving up, maybe they will watch more alpine skiing and even more if I'm a black woman who is doing some results and who is representing Madagascar. You've previously said that you want to, quote, inspire all Africans. Why does this matter? It's so important because, I mean, not only in alpine skiing, but there is not a lot of 
Malagasy people or black people in this kind of big events or competitions. So yeah, I just want to inspire people and yeah, I want people to take the chance to represent their country because me, I had the chance to represent Madagascar because there is not any Malagasy people in Alpine skiing. There were two guys before me, but yeah, until now there were nobody. And now we are two from Madagascar who are going to the Olympics. So yeah, I, I think the guy who now is representing Madagascar is not inspired by me, but I think before choosing to representing Madagascar, he didn't have any idea of this like he was still uh, representing France and if he didn't see me at the Olympics, he wouldn't have take the chance to represent Madagascar. I asked her friend Elodie what impresses her most about Mia. What really impresses me about Mia is the journey she had. First, when I met her, she was still French and she was in the process of changing her nationality to become Malgasy, well, to run for Madagascar. And just that is already pretty impressive, to dare make this choice to go towards this community and be willing to represent it. Then I think that Mia made enormous progress. Whether on skis or psychologically, mentally, she made enormous progress. She worked on her flaws, which could penalize her in skiing. She put all her energy in it, all her strength, and it paid off. Also, Mia had a private coach, so she was alone. And last year, when she hurt herself, she was not demotivated. In fact, she did everything she could to get back on skis as quickly and as well as possible in order to start skiing again and compete at a higher level. She made the choice to go on a private group with several people and just that, I think it's pretty amazing the way she did it. Not once did she fall down, she continued to progress, she continued to believe in herself and people around her kept believing in her too. I think that's precisely her strength, her ability to always give the best of herself. I know your journey to Beijing has been really tough at times. If you feel comfortable, can you share about your recent injury? I got injured in January, one year ago. And the first days, it was really hard because I was really sad that my season was finished really, really early. And after that, I had my parents around me, my friends who were sending a lot of messages. After uh, the injury, she went to a physical therapy center uh, for being re-educated in France, in two places. She was doing a lot of muscle therapy and also a mental preparation because it's very important to get over the injury. After this, she spent a lot of time at home resting, also continuing her studies. Meanwhile, she was still going to the gym to keep her fit and she went back on ski in July. Wow, Mia, that's insane. For a broken tibula and fibula, that's a super short turnaround. What about the mental recovery? Has that been as quick? 
coup, bah, quand j'appuie sur... So when she went back to ski, she was a bit scared to push too much on the shoe because the tibia is inside the shoe. And so whenever she was taking some curves, she was uh, kind of afraid and that was impeaching her to have very good sensations and to go as fast as she wanted on the slopes. So these days it's getting better and better. The fear is going away also thanks to mental preparation. It's also due to the fact that the TV is not hurting anymore. So she's going faster and faster. And it was that speed that got Mia to the world stage in the first place. She competed in Pyeongchang in 2018 at just 16 years old. Fun fact, she was the Malagasy flag bearer and even designed her competition suit for the big day. So how does her preparation for Beijing compare? For these new Olympics, uh, she's really wishing to do better results. She's aware that it's going to be difficult because she will not have a lot of time to train and that the it's really short-term objective. But the idea is really to get better results, to get more experience and to get as close as possible from the best ones. For Mia, getting better results means being the best alpine skier in the world, or at least making it into the top 40. And we'll be there rooting for her. To the Africans looking up to her, she says, I think that if they have any patience, like in any activities or any sports, they should just follow their dreams and doing everything with their heart. What is the future of skiing in Madagascar you would like to see? I don't want to see like all people from Madagascar going to ski or <laughs> in the mountains or something because in Madagascar it's not possible and I don't think they can go to Europe or something. But I just want, want them to, to know more about skiing and just to be proud of all the athletes who are representing Madagascar around them. I just want them to support us. Speaking of support, someone who will also be cheering for Mia from afar is her dad. His message to her is different than what he said to her at the last games. Mr. Clerk, Mia is in the starting gate in Beijing. What do you want to say to her? So the message is going to be a bit different between Pyeongchang and Beijing. In Pyeongchang, the goal was for her to finish her two races, so she could be an Olympian for life. That's now done. She did that. Given that she's already an Olympian, my wish for her in Beijing is a bit different. I would tell her to ski her best and prove to herself that one year after her injury that she's back and recovered. I hope Mia is able to enjoy what she's achieved because she's achieved a ton. She definitely better. We wanted to give Mia the last say. So before we wrap up, Mia, what's one action you want listeners around the world to take after listening to your episode? So she would like people to try to stay focused as much as possible on the good aspect and the positive things in their lives. And she had the example of how she's responding to kind of a bad results in a race or in a training, saying that she's trying not to think too much about it, but to stay focused on the positive things which happened to her during that day. 
because it's how you can get better and get up the slope. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, the woman athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Flame Bears. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review. It's really helpful for us, and the athletes love to read them. If you missed last week's episode with reigning Olympic gold medalist bobsledder Mariama Yamanka, go back and give it a listen. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Brazilian cross-country skier Alini Roca. Thank you to my amazing friend Emilu Nicolai for her translation skills and for making this episode possible. Thank you to the Harvard Kennedy School's Women in Public Policy program and the Harvard Innovation Lab for your ongoing support. Thank you to my amazing gal group within Stanford's Galvanizer Incubator program. Last but certainly not least, thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode. <laughs>